재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Well, last week, South Korean health authorities announced their plans to reduce antibiotics for common viral infections like colds and sore throats in response to rising concerns on a growing resistance to antibiotics. As of 2014, 31.7 Koreans per 1,000 were being prescribed antibiotics on a daily basis. That rate is significantly higher than the OECD average, which was at about 23.7 per 1,000 individuals. So to find out more about this looming issue here in South Korea, very pleased to have joining us from Monash University, microbiology professor Anton Peleg. Hello. Hello. Hi. Well, How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for joining us, Professor. Uh, there is a uh, prevalent belief among South Koreans that antibiotics fight viruses such as colds, coughs, and, and flu. And uh, I suppose a lot of people not aware that this is a problem. In what cases are antibiotics most effectively used? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important question and important to to, to educate the listeners and, 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 the, and people about this is that antibiotics really only work against bacterial infections. The, the main antibiotics that are used um, often only work against uh, bacterial infections. And when people have, uh, you know, runny nose or a sore throat and a cough, um, you know, it, it, it's most often a viral infection and the antibacterial the antibiotic actually doesn't have uh, any activity against these viruses. I think one of the most, um, you know, common uh, uses of antibiotics in, in, in an inappropriate way is related to these kind of upper respiratory tract infections with the coughs and the colds and the runny nose and sneezing and things. This would have to be even probably worldwide, not just, uh, worldwide would have to be one of the most common uh, use, inappropriate uses of antibiotics uh, you know, around the world is a very common issue around these upper respiratory tract infections. So actually in, in Australia, in our country, we're, we're trying to implement many measures to try and uh, educate the public that a lot of these infections are due to viruses and and to to change the sort of expectations that patients might have when they see their doctor that they need an antibiotic and mm. also to help with the, the, the doctors to think they don't always have to prescribe an antibiotic for these upper respiratory tract infections. And not to instill fear in our audience, but generally what are the dangers of excessive uh, overuse of antibiotics? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is pretty simple. This is, uh, you know, the more... These antibiotics put pressure on the on the bacteria that are present on or in the body, human body. Uh, at a population level, when you're using a lot of antibiotics, it can lead to uh, antibiotic resistance in some of our more common uh, bacteria. And the and the problem of that is is that when these common bacteria start to cause real infections, where we really do need to use the antibiotic those antibiotics are not going to work because we've used them for these other reasons that haven't uh, been appropriately indicated and these organisms develop resistance. And so when we really need the antibiotic, we we, we aren't unable to use it. I think, you know, antibiotic use um, uh, has been shown in many studies in many countries that the more you use an antibiotic, the more likely bacteria in that population is going to be resistant to that antibiotic. Mm. 
it's particularly alarming and, and for people like myself. I have two young boys, and I I can't even count how many times they've already been prescribed antibiotics. Uh, is there a danger or an increased risk, demographically speaking, if young kids um, take it at an early age uh, at, at a high rate, where their resistance levels are built then throughout their lives? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh you know, clearly a lot of antibiotic use through childhood definitely increases the risk uh, of that child being, you know, carrying a resistant bacteria that may in the future cause infection. That also, even in a household scenario, that bact- that resistant bacteria may uh, move between close household contacts. And the other thing, I guess, to, to mention is we're only starting to really understand uh, some of the implications of antibiotics on our normal bacteria that live within our gastrointestinal tract and on our skin. Mm. And what that does to our health overall is really start something that we're really looking at. And that's called an analysis of, of our microbiome, which is the diversity of normal, healthy you know, bacteria that we have in our healthy gastrointestinal system and how antibiotics might interfere with that normal uh, bacterial populations and what does that have, what impact does that have on our health going forward? So I think we're just starting to learn about those kind of consequences as well. But on a simple level, it's clearly shown that those multiple uses of antibiotics definitely promote resistance in that individual and they even may transmit it to local household contacts. You mentioned that this is not necessarily only a problem that South Korea is dealing with, although the levels here are probably no. higher, higher than other members of the OECD nation group. How are countries, you mentioned Australia, there have been campaigns um, being run to try to raise greater awareness on this issue, but uh, are there countries that have been doing a pretty good job of trying to kind of curb the excessive usage of antibiotics? Yeah, I mean, I I can't speak for for other countries, but at least in Australia, there's definitely an increase in awareness. and, And it was only very recently that our Australian government Put out an antibiotic uh, action plan, which you know, which really was a, the first kind of really national um, a guideline on an action plan to try and prevent inappropriate antibiotic use and to prevent the emergence of antibiotic resistance. And this, you know, this really involves multiple levels, right up from sort of government policy all, all the way down, um, you know, to, to GP and then to even our patient levels, as I've explained about patient expectations and education in that in that front. And I think that, um, you know, it really does take a, uh, a, a multifaceted sort of uh, approach because there are issues that lie at every kind of level in terms of having to support a program that will prevent antibody resistance. And I think one thing that, you know, is, is a real driver that I haven't yet mentioned is is antibiotics are used in humans, but there is a huge amount of antibiotics that are used in, in, in agriculture and the and animal industry, mm. um, whether it be, um, you know, chicken fa- chickens uh, uh, in, in pig farming and, and a lot of different animal industries used in agriculture use a huge amount of antibiotics. And what we're starting to understand now is that that large antibiotic use in agriculture is driving resistance in, in the food we eat. And we're now be, then becoming 
you know, we're becoming carriers of the resistant bacteria that was as a consequence of the antibiotic use in, the, in agriculture. So this just shows you or highlights um, how a strategy to try and minimise the emergence of resistance re- is required right. both at the government level all the way down to, you know, a patient level as well. Hopefully, uh, South Korea can uh, follow uh, the lead that Australia has shown in this regard. I do want to thank you for joining us. Certainly learned a lot. Thank you very much, Professor. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Professor Anton Peleg from Monash University.